It's a good subject. It's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, idea. Um, with with body soap or dish soap or any kind of soap, there is a, a principle called sicha kishtia. But what exactly are the parameters of the principle of sicha kishtia? I mean, you, you literally say anything that you rub on your skin is the equivalent of drinking, and therefore whatever you're not allowed to drink, you're not allowed to rub on your skin. So therefore, all soap that you use, any hand soap that you use, is going to need hashkacha. So this is Gemara Shabbos daf teivav and The Gemara tells us that uh, this concept in, 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 with regard to Yom Kippur, based on the Pasuk in Tehillim. Then the Gemara Nita Lamid Beis says that the same is true when it comes to truma oil. That if you are not a Kohen, so you're not allowed to eat truma, you're not allowed to drink truma, you're also not allowed to rub truma oil on your skin. Um, that's what the, uh, the Gemara said, because of Sicha Kishtia. The Gemara only mentions the idea of Sikhachtia in those two contexts, by Yom Kippur and by Truma. It's interesting that by Yom Kippur there is no Isser Achila per se. There's a mitzvah's inui, meaning the gedder of what you're not allowed to do in Yom Kippur is that there's anything that violates inui is, is the gedder. Truma, the Isser of Sicha, may relate to the concept of Mishmeris Trumasi, which means that uh, you're not allowed to consume truma in an inappropriate fashion. You have to consume truma in the most uh, respectable fashion. So it is interesting that those, those two are the examples where they're, they're inherently anomalous uh, examples. But the Rishonim don't necessarily distinguish. So let's talk about that. So the Gemara quotes two separate psukim in order to prove Sicha Kishtia. One is a pasuk in Chumash, right? That's by Truma. And the other one is from Paskintil and Batabu Kamayim Bekirbo, Kishemen Ba'atzmosa. That Kamayim Bekirbo, like the same way you drink water, is Kishemen Ba'atzmosa, is like when you rub Shemen on, 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 on your body. So, Tosus in Yuma, Tafayim Zayim, has two Mahalchim that he suggests. Tosus is bothered by the following Kasha. Why would you need two psukim to tell you the same din? And especially once you have a pasuk in chumash, why would you need a pasuk in tehillim? Right? You already have a pasuk in chumash that tells you sicha kishtia. What do you need a pasuk in tehillim to highlight that sicha kishtia? So Tosa says that the Gemara quoted the second pasuk to indicate that even had there not been an isadaraisa, there still would have been an isadarabal and isadar mitavrei kabbalah. It's a little bit of a funny thing to say because there is an isadaraisa. So like, uh, my, uh, like, why does it matter? Okay. Then Rabbeinu Tam, Tosfos Rabbeinu Tam, Tosfos Nida Dafam Beis, Tosfos Rabbeinu Tam, that even the pasuk that the Gemara quotes from the Torah doesn't really indicate that there's an Isra Oraisa to rub truma oil on yourself. The pasuk is Nesmach to be Alma, uh, and therefore uh, we uh, we want a more direct pasuk from from Nach, uh, since the pasuk from Chumash is not so clear. The pasuk from Chumash is only Nesmach to be Alma. Okay, so where does that leave us? So, so far, we just have the basics. That Sikha Kishtia is a principle. It applies to Truma. It applies to uh, Yom Kippur. And there are two Pesukim that seem to indicate whether those Pesukim are in Asmachta or whether they are in Drasha Gemura. Okay, but there are Pesukim that the Gemara quotes. Rabbeinu Tam is quoted by Tosis and Nino, but there he says that if you only, uh, that, that we only find this Isra, Sikha Kishtia, with oil, with oil, only by Shemet, Right, because so it's only by shemen, and it's a din mitarabbanon. Remember, Rabbeinu Tam says that the pasuk in Chumash you could basically ignore; it's only in Asmach to Bialma. The real pasuk was the pasuk in Tilim. So the real pasuk, which is pasuk from Nach, is all about shemen. So it says Rabbeinu Tam. So it's only a din in shemen that when one rubs shemen on themselves, 
then it is, uh, it is, it is, uh, it's a violation of Sikh Kishtiya, so the Shemin would need to be kosher. But if it's Shuman, or it's Chelev, or something like that, that a person, if it's fats, animal fats, then it would not be an Isser at all. That is Shitas Rabbein Tam, quoted in Tosos and Nida. The Rashpas, quoted by Beis Yosef in Yerdeus in the Kukhab Gimel, that even when your life is not in danger, um, uh, you're allowed to use non-kosher fats to anoint your skin. Meaning that there's, uh, there's the, it doesn't have to be pikuach nefesh. So to, to be able to uh, to use uh, to use non-kosher uh, soaps. Mikud sakesef over there in Yerdeus and Mikud Zayin is medayik from the Rashba that he says even if it's not pikuach nefesh, you're allowed to do it. That sounds like, but if you're not sick at all then you shouldn't do it. Meaning, you're not supposed to just be, if you need an oil because you're a Chalashayim Bosakana, and uh, you need this oil to function every day, that it's, uh, you know, your, your back is hurting, there's like one of these back rub things that you put on your back that may or may not work, but, you know, you think it does. So, like, you know, so, so good. So then it helps you function a little bit. So that's something a Chalashayim Bosakana could benefit from. But if you're not even a Chal at all, because Kesef says, you, know, you don't need to be a genius to make this Diyuk of the Rashba, then it's going to be awesome. Um, the Rashba is not explicit in saying that it's Asr, but that, that's, that's, uh, that's the deep one that's suggested. The Archos Chaim is part of the Beisios of Yardes and Kofin Zayin, that even though you're allowed to do schora with non-kosher food, you're not allowed to rub them on your skin because it's Sikha Kishtiya. So essentially, three Shikos will be shown that had a possible as far as Sikha Kishtiya. Rabbeinu Tam, that it's only an Indian with oil. Once you're out of oil, once you're not talking about oil, it's all you look for anyway. The, the the implication of the Rashba only mutter for a cholashein sakana, but someone who's uh, who's perfectly healthy is not allowed to uh, is not allowed to do sicha with non kosher items. And the Yorchus Chaim says it's it's also it's a regular iser to do uh, it's sicha kishtia. Meaning the Gemara gives two examples, but it applies. You know it applies in all of halacha. So how do we pass it? So if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, the Chaim says Sefiyud, Shulchan says that you're not allowed to wash your hands with soap made from chaylev on Shabbos because it's going to uh, be uh, uh, molded or memarech or something like that. And it will change the form of Shabbos so it's going to be molded on Shabbos. On Shabbos. The obvious implication is that uh, if it's not Shabbos, you're allowed to wash your hands with soap that is chaylev, that if it were a weekday, it would not be a problem. So in the Kusakas, if you're there, Kufitzayin, quotes the Ramah, um, who wonders what, what we rely on when we wash with non-kosher soaps. And again, the implication is, though, it says in Kusikasa, that we rely on whatever what we, we rely on is. But he says, uh, apparently, the meaning is that everyone uses non-kosher soap. So one Mahalik is, again, the implication of the Shulchan Aruch and the Shabbos, that there is a Shabbos Indian with regard to using soaps. And we'll talk about that next year, Ben Shem, about what exactly the Shabbos Indian is and what kind of soaps and what about the foam soaps and what a, you know, solid bars of soap and all the different types of liquid soaps. You know, what exactly is a problem, what's not a problem, and how that relates to whipped cream and molded. Okay, great, it's a Gishmanka Sudya, but it's got nothing to do with kashas, right? That it's gonna be it's gonna be perfectly fine. Um, that's one mahalik. But then there's another mahalik. Biralacha in Simashim Chavav quotes the sheet of the Grud. It says that it's nisimitirabamim to wash with non-kosher soap. That your soap needs to be kosher. The uh, says that the minagiz, with the exception of some, uh, you know, a few people who are extra machmir, is to rely on Rabbi Tam that anything that's not oil is totally mutter. So the just writes that uh, ideally, you know, why rely on Rabbi Tam if you could be uh, 
if you could go, if you can go like the drug, and so find the kosher soap. And uh, the only time you should rely on Rabbeinu Tam is if there's no kosher soap available. So then you find that's what they're lachamites. That really lachachila better to find the kosher soap. So I have if you look for ashkachas and soap, you go to Costco about one of those giant things of soap. So you look and check in the bottles for ashkacha. So I don't think I don't even think we give. I mean, on dish soap you sometimes find ashkacha, but on regular bottles of soap you don't even. I don't even think the, the, the ashkacha. Maybe in the Heimish stores in Williamsburg or something. I don't know. I don't know if you even find ashkacha and soap. So why is it? You know, it's a grud, it's a beralacha. These aren't like the most obscure marmakomas. Yeah? Um, I know we're also um, mafia. I know some, some people are mafia based on talking certain types of soap. Yeah, okay, for Chamesh Pesach, maybe it's one of the Chumras, one of the Chumras of Chamesh Pesach. Good, so we'll talk about that. So the reason it's really practically insignificant uh, is uh, there, there, there are basically three reasons why all of our soaps are okay. Uh, reason number one is, uh, generally speaking, there's a concept uh, that we're very familiar with, uh, hopefully, at this point in the year, called Pintle. Um Normally, uh, you need to the Shishim. Um, and the logic for that is that uh, Shishim takes away the Tam. The notion of Tam Kaper suggests as long as the non-kosher taste is present, the food remains unserved. Uh, it could be that Tom Kaper is only when it comes to something that you're going to taste. That the way you ingest it is through, uh, is through Tam. When we talk about Sicha, which uh, may be the halach equivalent of drinking on some level, but it's not really the same as drinking, because when drinking, you can detect something through taste. With sicha, it's likely that it's bottle barov. Um, and almost all soaps, even those that have non-kosher ingredients, the non-kosher ingredients are not the majority ingredient. That would make for a very, very expensive soap. Right? If they were using actual animal product, that was as the majority uh, ingredient. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, the Torah tells us, Tvarim Parakin Talit, that you're not allowed to eat the meat of an animal that didn't have proper shkita. This is called Nevela, right? Legera Shabbat So rather, what should I do with my Nevela if I ended up doing a shkita and I'm just learning shkita and I messed up and now I'm stuck with the Nevela? Or if I uh, went hunting and just shot an animal in the head and now I have a dead uh, carcass? So I have a Nevela? So what should I do with it? So uh, not that you're supposed to go hunting, right? That's Nadviud uh, or whatever. Okay, so. So you get everyone. I got that shot a couple times also about hunting. A guy told me he was going on a business trip to meet with a potential client in Texas. So apparently, when you go to California, they take you to their yoga studio, uh, you know, to teach you how to meditate or whatever. And then, but if you uh, if you go to uh, Texas, they they give you a rifle and they take you for the you know some uh, some camouflage and you go you out you know killing things all day. So we want to know. I said, don't worry, you're not going to kill anything. first <laughs> time, the only thing you'll kill is uh, you know the other guy. Um, so, uh, but but uh, okay. So there's truths about that. So, um, but the, so what do you do with nevelas? The Gemara says the pasuk says the garish of shirachat titenda that you give it to a garish. So the Gemara the desire that some zayin that we've quoted already many times, some zayin base derives from that pasuk. That only in the Vela, Ruyil is Nikra Nevela, but it's not Ruyil it's not Nikra Nevela. Meaning, something is only considered not kosher if it's the kind of thing that a human being would eat. But if it's not edible for human consumption, then it's perfectly kosher. If you decide you want to eat it, so then there's a principle called Achshaben. 
that it, it, even though it's something that's not edible, but if I think it's delicious, so I keep eating it, so then it becomes asr, because actually by me treating it like a food, it's become like a food. That's only true if you're treating it like a food. We don't have actually when it comes to soap. If the soap is not something that a human being would eat, so the fact that I use it on my skin is not going to be a, uh, a problem of, of actually. So... The second reason to be matir is because our soaps are typically not edible for human consumption. A third reason to be matir is that the way we commonly use soap may not be called sicha. Sicha might mean when you take an oil and you rub, or a cream, and you rub it on your skin, and you leave it there, and it gets absorbed in the skin. We rub soap on our hands, and then we immediately wash it off. You have such a similar svara when it comes to the malacha of uh, mimareach on, uh, on Shabbos. Um, Rabbi Yosef writes in the Tshuva that he doesn't think using toothpaste to violate Mimarech against Mimarech does violate Mimarech Rabbi has writes that he thinks that Mimarech is only when you take a cream let's say a thin cream and you rub it on your, on your skin you smooth it out over your skin and you leave it there but Mimarech is not when you, uh, when you take so, you know, something thicker and you rub it and smooth out and then wash it right off. And it's only when you plan on leaving it there. So a similar story when it comes to uh, soap. Um, the Gra doesn't seem to accept that because the Gra clearly ossered soap. So he doesn't seem to accept that, uh, that svara. And also, it won't help you with creams and ointments and things like that, right? This third header is not going to help you with, uh, you know, moisturizers and, and whatnot. But the first two considerations work, right? So that's why we're so many. We might have like a, a tabel issue with like Israeli hand creams and things like that that are made from olive oil, all those things. We might have a real sifa issue because the are not being mocked true and not about the Aha uh, Dead Sea Minerals factory for their olive oil. They're not using like top grade. I mean, a lot of these olive oil companies in Israel, so they just put on shkafa because it's so much easier. It's such a huge population. But Ashton says for the olives that they're picking to make, you know. Uh, people spoken about this? Have you heard any? Uh... I haven't heard anything, but I was just thinking that it was really. It's a really skip product, might be a serious issue. Unless they have a shkafa. Huh. Sounds like a problem. <laughs> right? Sounds like it should be a problem. I don't know. Anyone ever hear anything about that? He's suggesting that uh, that that in the Israeli companies, if they use uh, like olive oil products in their uh, in their creams, so very often they probably are not makhish from the maestros. So it's so it's teva. And sicha kishti is a din in truma for sure. That's in the Gemara that it's a din in truma. So lechora, it should be a din uh, in teva also. Right, you know, unless you say these starters will still work, that it's butter, that it's such a minor, but I don't know if it's always a minor ingredient. It could be that that's the major ingredient in a lot of these oils. That uh, yeah, also. So t- okay, what exactly the relationship between table and truma is? Right, Rabbi Yosef has two uh, two ways of tackling it. Right? Do we view? Do we assume table is also because of truma shabot? Or is its own shame, uh, shame isn't. And then Vaiter, he says, it's truma only also because it's tevel she'inu masuka. Meaning that when you're masaking tevel, it's masaking the rest, but it wasn't masaking the truma. <laughs> Pashtas is its own shame isn't. Because there are different rules, um, different halachas. Meaning even a kohen is not allowed to have tevel. Right? So if tevel is only also mishum truma shabo, then, uh, then a kohen would be allowed to have tevel. 
<laughs> yeah, so I wonder. I don't know, but I'm, I'm not sure about Sikha Kishtiya part of it. I don't know. I don't know. Why would you say Sikha Kishtiya on Tavel? I don't know, because you're not allowed to drink Tavel. There's no Israel Hanna. There's no Israel Hanna in Shumi either. Yeah, but Shumi doesn't exist in Right. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know if it's, meaning if the Gra is willing to apply it to everything, to call it Tarukuma, at least on a Durabadan level. I don't know. Maybe Tevel is a lot closer to Shuma. I don't know. Meaning, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah? I mean, you could also just take Shuma. Okay, but I, I, have you ever heard of anyone doing that with their soap? Squirt out a little Shuma? Yeah, okay. In the Okay. That's true. I just never heard of doing it. All right. Now, let's talk a little Yeah. Yeah, with the hand creams on Pesach, so I think uh, it, by Pesach there's a different get there because it's not enough to be in the Vela Shane or even Ger, it's got to be anywhere in the Achilles Kelev to lose its Chamed status. Right? So, what are you asking? Because it's not right in the Achilles Kelev. Meaning. I know if it's a very natural product, it could be that it's a right I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a Amen. Um, so, there, the, let's talk a little bit about dishwashing soap. There is a crucial distinction between hand body soap versus dish soap. Hand body soaps you're never going to consume. Dish soaps obviously sometimes have a little bit of soap left on the dish, um, and uh, you might come to eat it. Uh, the uh, Rav Moshe has a tshuva, though, where uh, in, in, in your day, in the Lamed, where he says that our soaps are to- totally inedible. It's You don't have to worry about the kashras of the ingredients of soap. Um, however, uh, if you have a soap, the taka is edible. It is not completely rancid. Uh, it's just maybe a little bit bitter tasting. So maybe uh, it would be a problem. So that's why some people have hashkacha and dish soap. They're a little more machad about dish soap because it's not an Indian of sicha, it's an Indian of actual achila. So when it comes to sicha, they're going to be more makel because the whole thing only, is only built on the chum of the grub in the first place. But when it comes to eating, obviously you're dealing with actual eating. That's why some are machad. The pashtus is most soaps are not, are not edible and are not really going to be a problem. They're not really root uh, the care, and therefore it's not going to be a problem. So when they give a hashkacha, it's because they tasted it and said it's not good, or, or because... Uh, that's a good question. Right, how do they give that hashkacha? By checking the ingredients, making sure it's all kosher, or by tasting it and going, ew, <laughs> and saying, okay, so that's uh, in real again. I guess either one would be good enough <laughs> to, to give a hashkacha. It's a good, uh, yeah, I, I, you don't want to be that mashkiach. <laughs> that's your job, to eat soap all day. <laughs> Come on, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, well, uh, we'll stop there. We'll do a little parsha. Everyone have a very good and lichtige challenge.